Welcome to Shark Talk. My name is Nuriana Pimentel, class of 1994, current Alumni Association member and interior designer by trade. And I will be your host for the second season of Shark Talk. In this second season, we will dive into the art of design. Welcome to another season of Shark Talk. My name is Nuriana Pimentel, class of 94, and I will be your host for the second season of Shark Talk, where we will be talking about the art of design. Today, we are happy to welcome CMS alumnus Manuel Emilio Pimentel Reed, class of 88. Emilio is known as an author, creative director, and brand strategist. As an editor, Emilio has over 20 years of experience collaborating with some of the world's most recognized high-end interior style brands, such as El Decoration, Rubelli, Dedar, retailers like Harrods, and large corporate organizations. Emilio's featured and styled shoots have appeared in the pages of British and international editions of El Decoration, Architectural Digest, The Sunday Times, Harper's Bazaar, among others. He is a prominent industry commentator and host. An advocate for British design and manufacturing, Emilio Studio Pimentel Reed advises leading interior companies and emerging talent in the areas of content creation, brand strategy, and development. Hi, Emilio. Welcome. Hello. How are Hello, you? Hello, Nuri. Hello, Sharks. Can you tell us a little bit about your amazing journey into design? Did you know what you wanted to be when you graduated in CMS back in 88? Do you know what? I had absolutely <laughs> no idea of what, it, what I wanted to do. I, I, I didn't have a plan. Like most of I, us. I was, <laughs> I was certainly, you know, curious, had lots of energy, and, and maybe I had a certain confidence that came from um, graduating from CMS. At that point, I had only worked uh, with my family at Ridi Compañía over the, over the summers. Plus, mm -hmm. I did an internship in the marketing department at Warner Lambert with an amazing person called Lile Esteva. So that was like the, the, the limit of, like my, of my experience. And that was quite a change then. To, well, I moved after CMS, I moved to the U.S. I studied economics at, at Trinity College in Connecticut. And while I was there, I always, I took lots of writing classes and art classes. I knew very early So you early were kind on, of attracted to the creative side always. I was always attracted to the creative side. And my, my family wanted me to be practical, but I knew from very early on that I did not want to be an economist. I, I, I did a, um, a couple of internships on, on Wall Street, but it wasn't, I knew, it, that, that was not my, my path. So right after I graduated, then I applied to Parsons School of Design in New York, and I studied fashion design. And you ended up doing a couple of internships that were very interesting, you told me about. As fashion. Yes. I, I mean, I've always been attracted to, to, to color and design. And I, I spent, I was probably one of the longest serving interns. I spent a year in the, uh, PR, in the PR department at Oscar de la Renta. And my favorite part of being there was watching Mr. de la Renta and his team style the looks before the show. So it was watching him with his team experience. in front of a mirror, 
putting together the the outfits that were going to be presented. There was a a, wow. a really talented accessories designer there, uh, Rosangela Ebrea. And she um, she was in charge of the accessories. And I just loved how everything came together into one, one look. In addition to my time at, at Oscar, I, I spent time in the design um, studio at Calvin Klein. And that was the complete opposite because obviously uh, Calvin's uh, designs are were you know very much cleaner and very distilled. But as someone who was interesting in design, I learned how to take an idea and how to focus it kind into a very clear message. So those were very, two very um, uh, wonderful experiences that I had. And can you explain then how you kind of created up this, um, creating this role for yourself as creative director and brand strategist from starting out as, you know, fashion, in fashion, you kind of ended up in, in this new role that you have? You kind of created for yourself, right? Well, like I said, when I started, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And actually, I think that's a really positive thing. You just need to be open to exploring. Mm -hmm. And at every stage in my career, I discovered new things and I moved on to the next stage. While I was working in fashion in the 90s, a new magazine came out, a new interiors magazine called Nest. And it was put together by, an, by, a, by a talented and visionary art collector called Joseph Holtzman. And I saw the first issue and I thought, actually, this is what I want to do, having never worked in a magazine before. And it was lucky that I ended up at Nest because Nest was like no other magazine out there. In the office, we had some of Joe's collections. So on the wall, there would be a Rothko. On the table, there would be a Henry Moore sculpture. Wow. You know, um, aesthetic furniture. Um, you know, it was a really amazing mix of things. And a great it was experience. just great to be exposed to, to, to his collection. And then from the point of view of interiors, we featured everything from a palace to an igloo. And by igloo, I mean, we showed how, you know, somebody had decorated Someone their igloo, can make an igloo. <laughs> people had de decorated their prison cells, and our contributing editors were wow. people like Andre Leontali and Andre Putman. So it was a very unreal environment, which gave me a very broad vision of what an, interiors, an interior can be. And while I was there, one of the editors at the magazine told me about Sotheby's program in London, and that was the master's program. And um, wow. I decided that I was going to apply, and and I got in. And so you you went to London. How and did you end up? Yeah, that's how you ended up in London, and and, and what you made it your 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 permanent home, huh? Now, yes. Yeah, so it took me a while to make it my permanent home. I, I've moved here twice. The first time around, I moved here to study for my master's, and the program I did was a master's in history of fine and decorative art. The program originally started as a way to train specialists that were going to work at the auction house. But by the time I arrived, it um, was open to to other applicants. And not everybody who was in the program has ended up being an, an art dealer or a furniture dealer 
and um, and 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 working on that side of things. The the program at Sotheby's was incredible. It was a, 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 a very hands-on um, program where you were encouraged to um, visit some of the more important interiors in England and also handle the objects. The program was divided into different strands, ceramics, old master painting, furniture, and decorative wow. art. And the idea was that you studied art history through those four disciplines and, and acquired your knowledge that way, which is the old way of teaching history of art. When I graduated, I mean, I had loved being in London and my experience here. And when I graduated, I moved to back to New York where I had been living. And I had the chance to work for Vicente Wolf, who is one of the top interior designers yeah. in the US. And, and Vicente is a very, he's, he's a very giving person. He's a very talented designer and he's a very good businessman. And, you know, working with him, I learned a lot. So I'm slowly accumulating all of this. Yeah, because this. now you, right, now you have art and you have fashion. You have, you're kind of like well-rounding yourself um, in all the, exactly. all the important areas of beauty and art. And, 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 and lifestyle, yes. And lifestyle. So I'm accumulating all of this experience. And I had an opportunity to move back to London. And um, for personal for personal reasons, and I figured I needed to do something when I arrived, and I thought that I should maybe work for a magazine for a year because working at a magazine, all the doors open up, and you get to meet a lot of people. And if I was going to live in a new country, that was very important. And so I joined the editorial team at British L Decoration magazine and I ended up staying a lot longer than a year. I stayed at um, almost a decade as uh, working as the decorating editor of the magazine. It's an amazing magazine. They have like the best I think styling. Well and... British the British L Decoration is quite a, a wonderful magazine. I think magazines in the UK in general are um are very special because they have small teams, highly creative people. You're really encouraged to, to push boundaries. Mm -hmm. And at that time, when I was there, we were doing a lot of, uh, we were doing a lot of our own shoots. And I mentioned that because the market has changed a lot and magazines aren't photographing as much. But when I was there in my department, the department that I oversaw, in the style team, we had 16 different um, freelance stylists working for us in addition to the in-house team. So we, we really got to work with a lot of talented people and, and, and put together some beautiful pages. Sounds incredible. And do you think, can you tell us about how maybe growing up in the DR influenced that sense of style and color? We were talking about light before we we um, got into the podcast, but that's one of the, the, um, the things you were telling me that has influenced you. Well, there's, there's many things about the DR that I feel have, have influenced me. I, I did enjoy my art classes at, at CMS. 
And uh, I, I took as many art classes as I could while I was at school. I think we Dominicans like beauty and we make an effort when it comes to how we present ourselves and also with our with our homes. I think um, th th that's something that that, that that I see a lot in the in the DR is that is that pride in being welcoming and in your home and 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 just enjoying life. So that's certainly a DR we are influence. Lively. We are lively and we enjoy life and color. Growing up, maybe the houses that I saw. I, I think the houses that I saw were definitely an influence. My my grandmother lived in a 1920s Hispano-Moresque house in Gascue that was built by my great-grandfather. So visually, that was an influence, the mixture of different... Um, th there was a lot of historical revival at that period, and so the house has uh, Gothic arches mixed with Moorish arches, amazing, um, colorful flooring, uh, and 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 furniture that has been in the family for a, a while, so that gave me a certain appreciation. My other grandmother lived in a 1950s tropical modernist house, and that was a different sensibility, very appropriate for the climate, very open, beautiful flooring. The, some of the bathrooms were maybe in colors that are now coming back. Uh, uh, very, very. Well, everything 50s. comes back, I think. <laughs> but everything comes back, so that was interesting to see. And then I was lucky. My my godfather, Billy Reed, it was an architect, and he and his wife Margarita Vaquero had great flair, and and they traveled a lot. And so they didn't just like go on a trip and come back with a couple of accessories. They would like come back from Africa with giraffes and canoes, and you know all of these gutsy you know accessories and 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 finds and going to their house um was always a, a delight my cousin patricia who is an interior designer is super talented as, as, as well so i grew up in that environment where i was seeing interesting things i didn't i didn't always appreciate what what i was seeing my my mother st studied art history at college in the US. Oh, I didn't know and that. my mother has an appreciation for um, for things that are beautiful and well made, for mixing in antiques. And when I was younger, I didn't always value what I was seeing. Well, and then it did. took me I don't think. <laughs> it took me years to then actually go back and think, wow, my mom actually does know what she's doing and she has amazing <laughs> and that happens to everyone, I think. I think after a while, you kind of like uh, appreciate things. When we get older, we start appreciating things a little bit more. And, and, and she see. also, uh, sorry to talk, she also subscribed to a million design magazines. So I did get to travel the world visually via her, you know, um, architectural digest, house beautiful, elder course, mm -hmm. veranda, traditional home, all of those things, Vogue, Bazaar, all of those things were always around. And that 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 certainly made me aware of a world that was out there. I didn't know that I was going to end up working for some of these publications, but um, you know, that part of my you uh, grew DR, up around it. You grew up surrounded I grew up by around it. it. Yeah. That's good yes. to know. 
as a mother. So it's important I... to encourage your kids <laughs> yeah. at an early age because everything you do really does influence their mm-hmm. their aesthetic. I agree. And your I I was we were talking about your book before. Tell us about a little bit about your book, Bold British Design, which I've read personally and I love it. Um, I I have so much so much color in it. <laughs> well, maybe that's my Dominican love of color, I but obviously so. I think that there's a lot of color in the UK as well. My my book, uh, Bold British Design, available on Amazon, Amazon. is. Um, captures a moment in British design now, and I wanted to celebrate some of the amazing creatives in this country, in the UK, that I've had the chance to work with. And British design is many things. British design can be very traditional, and it can also be extremely modern and of the moment. I I think British designers are very creative. They have great confidence and and great flair. I love that ethnic flair that some of them, like in your, in a lot of the designers that you featured has a little bit of ethnic flair, but mixed with that whole British. I think it's wonderful. You mean like me? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, well, the the London in particular is very international. And so I Mm -hmm. feature... Itomi Osono, who is a Japanese ceramicist trained in Denmark and working in London. And her work, she was born somewhere else, but her work wouldn't look the way that it does. Um, She's influenced by um, the work of people like Josiah Wedgwood, who started his company in the 18th century. Uh, People like her would, you know, her work would not happen anywhere else but in, in England. And um, and so being a British designer is not just people who are born here. They uh, British design includes everyone, no matter where they started out, who has ended up here and tapped into the immense energy and creativity of this country. I, I also wanted to include a range of designers. So you will see that I have fabric designers, wallpaper designers, mm-hmm. sculptors who work in silver, ceramicists. Um, there's someone who works for her family's paint company. I wanted to, some of them are very modern, like a designer called Sebastian Cox, who works with um, in wood and sustainable materials. And then other people very... like Lucy Hammond Giles, who is uh, one of the... Um, designers at Colfax and Fowler works in a more traditional language. And that to me is British design now. It's that, it's that mix. It's that whole mix. Yeah. Um, so I think now can we talk about maybe what, what's next for you? Because I think you have just done just about everything in the industry. <laughs> well, I hope I haven't done everything. There's still a lot to do, and I still remain curious. And that's something that I want to share with uh, the, the sharks listening, is that you don't necessarily have to start out with a plan. You just keep moving, and you keep asking questions and, and learning. And my journey and that's has very brought important. me to a that that journey is very important. That curiosity is very important. And my journey has brought me to a point where I've I've kind of designed my own role because I have picked up all of these skills along the way. And 
as a consultant and as a brand strategist, I work with a range of clients and different clients want different things. And over the past two years, I've actually discovered that there are people outside of the design industry who want my point of view. They appreciate a design sensibility and they like an editorial approach to telling mm-hmm. their companies stories. So um, I, I work from uh, with companies from paint companies to law firms, creating so content for it. them, creating um, creating both print and online content for them, creating brand strategy, creating events, creating um, editorial for their just- website, all these things that link very neatly to what I was doing before, because something that is consistent is that I have always worked for strong brands. And when you have a strong brand, there is a, 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 you know, there's a certain point of view, a certain confidence, a certain way of communicating your message and being very clear about your message. And, and other companies like someone from outside their industry to come and hear what they do and actually draw out those stories that maybe they weren't paying attention to or present what they do in a fresher in a fresher way i find that people are not only reinventing themselves at at the moment but actually going mm-hmm. back to who they truly are I and agree. that is where my expertise comes in and i want to just thank you so much I think for doing this, because I think what's interesting about your journey for the younger generation that's coming up to listen to is that you don't have to choose a path right away because um, there's a lot of stress. It says, I have a junior, a high school junior, and there's a lot of stress in what am I going to do? What is it I'm going to do? You know, and I have to decide now. And I don't think that necessarily, I think it's great when they listen to people like you who have gone through this entire journey until you found what you love and you kind of created your own space. So it doesn't have to be like a clear path, you know, way to be. Sometimes you have to kind of journey around. I completely agree with you, Nuri, that you shouldn't be stressing out. I know it feels stressful now if you're a senior and you're having to figure out where you're going to go to university mm-hmm. and what you're going to do. But but longer term, just be open and pay attention to the things that bring you joy, the things that you really and enjoy and follow that direction if if you can because that will lead to the sort of role and the sort of life that will give you fulfillment right down the line and thank you so much and this was a great session and i hope that this will be very insightful to many people many sharks thank you nudi and thank you sharks for listening today Thank you for listening to Shark Talk. Stay tuned for our next episode. 